You just have to land that first job. And I recommend you do it now or as soon as it's time. Because the day you exit grad school is the day that you wake up to real life. The pressure of bills, the doubt of not being enough, and the fear of being or becoming unemployable will eventually sink in if you give it enough time. Hey folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matthew Carlson, and each week I'll be bringing you conversations that will help grad students like you survive grad school and thrive in a post-grad school career. If you end up enjoying today's podcast, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we talk about today. Without further ado, let's start the episode. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Grad School Sucks podcast. Today I've got something a little bit different for you. I typically, whenever I record these episodes, is I have a prompt or an idea that I want to share, and I make a very brief outline. Usually it's maybe a couple bullet points of things that I want to talk about. Instead, today I actually wrote out a full blog post of things I wanted today to say, and I am going to actually read to you or tell you what is in the blog post for this podcast episode. So I think you may find it's a little bit better worded, a little bit less off the cuff, and hopefully it hits home and it invigorates you to get a job in industry because that was the purpose of writing the blog post in the first place. And off the top, I do want to say that I have not released very many interview episodes in the past month or two. That wasn't necessarily intentional. I do have interviews that I've been sitting on for a couple months. The reason I have not released them is simply because it takes a lot more time in order to produce a interview style episode for the podcast than it does when it's just me doing like a talking head like I'm going to do today. Whenever I have guests on, I really want to make sure and do a nice intro. I want to make sure and, and really get into the nitty gritty of editing the episode to make sure I present the guest as best as possible. And then there's always other little things that come up with guest interviews. Like I may have to cut out a couple parts of the episode that the guest requests to be removed afterwards. And sometimes I have to go hunt for them and I don't always find them on the first listen through. Editing a interview style podcast is probably three to four times more work than editing a solo episode like I'm giving to you today. So I just wanted to provide a brief reasoning behind why you haven't heard very many interview style podcasts, episodes from this podcast. That being said, I have three that I can remember, maybe more interviews that I've been sitting on since the beginning of summer. And I'm going to release those to you this month, obviously not this week because I'm releasing this episode, but starting next week, I'm going to release these interview style episodes that I've been sitting on for a while. I'm going to get in there, edit them, get the job done and get it out to you all. So I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a bit of more work for me, but that is okay because I want to make sure that you all are getting what I intended to deliver with this podcast. And that was both episodes of me chatting about my thoughts and tips and tricks on going industry, as well as interviews with people who have gone industry and occasionally interviews with people who stayed in academia. 
Without further ado, let's jump into this episode, which again is me doing a talking head solo episode, but I have the unusual foundation of having written a blog post first that I'm going to be using to create this episode with. I hope you enjoy. Today's episode is called Make Your PhD Profitable. And honestly, that's what I really wanted at the time that I finished my years in grad school. I wanted to be profitable. Sure, I wanted other things. I wanted to finish my dissertation. I wanted to move on from working with my academic advisor. I wanted to get the cap, the gown, the diploma, and those three letters at the end of my name, PhD. But honestly, what I wanted most was to be profitable. I wanted to make money. I wanted to make up for lost time, the years that I'd spent in academia not making very much money. And honestly, I felt ashamed to say out loud that I wanted to make money. And maybe I felt that way because the reason that I went to grad school was to change the world. Maybe it was because I'd been a therapist and I had worked with the poor during my time in grad school. And maybe I had some shame that I'd internalized due to knowing I was already better off than others, even if I didn't have that high-paying job that I was imagining getting one day. But none of that honestly mattered in the end, because when I ended grad school, I had five figures of student loan debt, and I had a newborn son who I needed to feed, so money was on my mind. Interestingly, my concerns about money were actually quickly squashed as I was finishing my PhD because I got a job as a research scientist and it was in my area of research and in many ways it was a really great fit. I ended up being one of those who was able to continue pursuing the academic dream and I felt like the pressure of figuring out what to do next with my life after grad school was removed because I was able to stay in the bubble of the ivory tower and have a decent paycheck. I was making more than a postdoc, so wouldn't that be enough? But eventually the political toxicity and inability to relocate eventually drove me away from academia and I had to figure out what to do next with my life. The pressure to grow up and start making money after finishing grad school crept right back into my life, and it became like a specter that looked over my shoulder day in and day out. And I don't want this for you. I don't want you to feel the emotional languishing that I went through when I realized my academic career that I'd accumulated over a decade was built on a foundation of sand. I don't want you to move all over the country for a temporary academic position that pays less than your local bartender makes. I don't want you to have to stomach the infighting, the paranoia, and the greed that plagues academic departments. I don't want you to have to live away from your family and your friends because you were only ever trained for one job, to be a professor. And the job market sucks so bad that you'll likely never live where you want. All of these things really aren't true, and they aren't necessary, and they aren't right, and I wish I knew sooner what I know now. And what I know now is that academics do have real-world value that they bring to the table, and that that value can be translated into generous pay and fair work-life balance in one setting specifically, and that's industry. Industry, aka the private sector, the business world, the system that we all avoided, when we went to grad school, as if academia wasn't a business. 
And I'm not saying that every industry job is going to be perfect. And I'm not even saying that your first industry job is going to be your favorite. But I am saying that I nearly doubled my income and I cut my workload in half by switching from academia to industry. And don't just take my word for it. That's the usual experience of PhDs who follow that path, as reported by none other than the academic top-tier journal, Nature. And I'll provide a link to that article in the description of this episode if you'd like to read it. I'm also saying that I should have left academia sooner and started my career in industry quicker before I was depressed, deflated, and doubting that I could ever amount to anything professionally besides being another failed PhD who is stuck in a dead-end academic job. And let me tell you, nothing is worse than being depressed when you're on the job market. I don't want you to make the mistakes that I did. If academia is not for you, I recommend you get the hell out as soon as possible when the time is right and start your industry career right away. And do it the correct way. Don't spend six, nine, or 12 months looking for your first industry job. Starting an industry career can be very simple. It's as simple as one, two, three. One, identify the specific job title you want. Notice I said title and not titles, plural. If you don't know what position you're interested in, then I recommend searching LinkedIn for your degree. Literally search quotes, PhD in what your field is. Enter. Look at the people tab. See what roles PhDs from your field tend to get in industry and pick one that sounds right for you. Number two is position yourself to fit that role. You've got to look hireable. You've got the experience. You've got the skills. You just have to make it look like you're the right person for the job. And you can do that in your resume. You can do that in your interviews. And if you need a portfolio project, you can do it in that too. You may need to upskill like I did, but that's okay. Because remember, we became experts in learning. Number three, network and apply. So once you're ready, spend the same amount of time networking as you do cold applying to jobs on LinkedIn. You'll be much more likely to land a job if you have a referral, and you're only going to get a referral if you have a network, and you're only going to get a network if you start building that today. And that's it. Those are the three simple steps towards landing your first industry job. And what if you don't like the first job that you get? Well, you're in luck because your second and your third and so on positions in industry are going to be even easier to obtain than this first one. You just have to land that first job. And I recommend you do it now or as soon as it's time, because the day you exit grad school is the day that you wake up to real life. The pressure of bills, the doubt of not being enough, and the fear of being or becoming unemployable will eventually sink in if you give it enough time. So get ahead of the pressure. Apply today. And if you want an additional boost on your career journey to industry, then sign up for my six-week checklist. It is a six-part checklist that breaks down the activities that you need to take step-by-step step in order to position yourself towards being the most competitive that you can be in the industry job market. And you can download that by signing up at the link that I'll leave in the description of this episode. 
it's free. You just put in your email, I'll send you a link, you download it right away and put it to use. Don't wait until the pressure of getting that first non-academic job is crushing you. Start the journey today. Start applying today. Start getting prepared today. Do something today. Download the checklist if you want the checklist today. And don't let the feeling of not being employable in industry stop you from applying. Just like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of PhDs before you, even PhDs from your specific field, have gotten jobs in industry. You can too. It just takes work and it just takes doing the right steps. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Hope this was enjoyable and I'll see you all next week for an interview style podcast. Cheers. Folks, thank you for tuning into the Grad School Sucks podcast. I hope you got a lot out of our episode today. If you did, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to check out the description of this episode for links to everything that we covered today. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Matt Carlson, and I look forward to bringing you another great episode next week. See y'all next time.